there's a lot to love and hate about the RV lifestyle. And we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Everybody, I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And uh, over here is our dog Bo, yes. chained up to the RV like an animal. <laughs> He's not a real happy camper right now. Hey, we are coming to you from the uh, grounds of the Florida State Fairgrounds, where uh, on Wednesday, uh, the day this podcast is being released, on Wednesday, the 19th of January, 2021. The uh, annual uh, RV Super Show gets underway. Uh, gates open just uh, uh, early in the morning, and they're expecting, I think, 100,000 people it's be here. a lot of people. Yeah, so we are actually camped here, uh, back with the vendors and some of the other media folks, and we'll be here all week. Uh, we will put uh, uh, lots of, uh, we'll be doing lots of personal appearances on uh, Wednesday and on Thursday, and I will put those in the description below. So if you're at the show, by all means, please come and say hi to us. We'd love to, to meet you. It's been an interesting week of travel for us. <laughs> we had perfect travel conditions. Well, I mean, traffic wasn't heavy, no. good weather. I mean, the sun wasn't real bright in your eyes. But, but <laughs> truthfully, didn't you feel for the past week, 10 days, that we have been pretty much uh, fleeing for our lives <laughs> in the face of fierce storms? Yeah, we had perfect weather followed by interesting weather. Yeah, the uh, uh, we, we left the Upper Peninsula when we last left off with you on our podcast. We had, uh, we're up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, camped in 16 inches of snow. And we fled the UP uh, at like before dawn uh, when the camp out ended because they had a massive blizzard that dumped over a foot of snow coming. So we kind of got out of there as got fast as we could. And then uh, back in Michigan at our home, we loaded up, we got rid of the winter clothes and uh, the snowshoes and uh, we jumped into the RV and then took off uh, for the super show here. But all this way, we were dodging winter storm Izzy. True. And Izzy was, oh my goodness, you've been reading the coverage on that. Um, we didn't have any bad weather, but uh, we were I'm, a, busy. I'm a bit anal on weather forecasts. Yes, for good reason. Okay. You know, you. We've, we've done that, so why do it again, if you can avoid it? Yeah, so we avoided it, but that meant again getting up before dawn. And our big concern was getting through Atlanta and northern Georgia where they had so much ice and bad weather. And we did and I was we were breathing easy. I was driving on our last stretch to a, a campground we had booked uh, in Perry, Georgia and bam just like that. Uh, you know when they say an accident can happen like like out of the blue it happened out of the blue. It sure did. I mean, maybe make a better story if we said it was an asteroid or something, rather than the it big looked like an asteroid. hunk of cement that came from who knows where. I was driving. Why don't we make it a better story? Okay, <laughs> so this asteroid came, no, but it looked like it was this big truck, and I'm trying to recollect this because it all happened <laughs> like that, you know, 
You were on your phone texting. Yeah, I was on my phone texting our grandkids. Telling them that we were going to make it because we were getting we out of the town. Yeah, that we can't visit them in Atlanta. They, they happened to stay in Atlanta. We were trying to get away from the storm, so we said we can't stop. And uh, We were kind of talking about that, but I saw a semi-truck up ahead of us kick off a piece of concrete about that big. So listen up, folks, because it could happen to you. And it, I saw the concrete fly back into the roadway, and I said, oh my goodness. I saw a, a, a pickup truck get hit. It just slashed its tire. They went off to the side, and, and nobody was hurt, but it went off to the side. In front of me was a car with, uh, turned out to be an elderly couple, a sedan. It took out two of their tires. Uh, the third car was, I think you said it was a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a single female driver, and the concrete bounced up underneath and it pierced her oil pan, oil everywhere. We were the fourth vehicle. There was nowhere to go, traffic on both sides. It hit our front right, right about here, right about there, right underneath there. And uh, it cracked that cowling. You can't really see it. Uh, it's more cosmetic. I thought that was all it is, but it also took out one of our levelers. <laughs> it actually just broke its connection so it's on an angle like that and I can't use it but we so can get we it we are so fortunate yes that this wasn't worse yeah and all three of those other vehicles had to be towed away we were able to drive and are still on ours and we'll get it fixed but my point is it happens so quick you need to always have both hands on the wheel and for me if I had been Jennifer was texting in the passenger seat but I, I, it, it really cemented me. If I had even looked away for a second to read a pass, it, it could have been much worse because I was able to at least get that thing to hit, you know, where it did the least damage. We're fine, and I don't want to make too big of a deal out of the asteroid that uh, <laughs> came down from the skies, but my point is, man, keep your eyes on the wheel and your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. Yeah, I don't think it would have helped if I'd been looking at the road and could have screamed. No. <laughs> Made it worse. <laughs> no, it probably would have made it worse. Anyway, so we're down here in Florida, and the weather's a little cool. It's a little windy today. You might hear it in the microphone as we do it. Um, the show opens. We're we're gonna have uh, the whole, all next week's show will be on the things that we saw and see here. Uh, there's nothing to see as we record this, and as, as it hasn't officially opened. It opens this Saturday, this uh, Wednesday that we're speaking that this in to the that, public. Yeah, that this podcast is being released. Mm -hmm. So we'll have lots more for it, and uh, we're looking forward so to it. So they've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, five full days. Yep. Hey, we do have some reader uh, feedback that we've been getting from readers and followers and viewers. And by the way, this podcast, of course, is on uh, YouTube, on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube, also on all of the, your favorite uh, podcast apps. And uh, we also have show notes and a place you can listen to it also on our RV Lifestyle travel blog. So lots of ways to consume this podcast. And uh, you want to start off? I'll start off with number one. One of our YouTube followers called Artful Dodger heard our uh, report on Ask Us Anything Sunday night on how hard it is to find campsites in Florida and wrote us, my husband and I will be traveling around Florida for about three weeks and had a difficult time getting RV sites. We had to get a hotel for a few nights. Ugh! Yeah, that is. Uh, well, we, uh, on a similar uh, vein, uh, we've heard a lot more about this from many people who have been frustrated across the country as they've tried to get RV spots. Um, this is uh, from a guy named John. 
uh, who was a shopper, is a shopper, I guess. He's probably still interested in an RV, but he says he's now rethinking his plans to buy an RV. He says, it really feels like we need to give up on camping for a while. We looked at new rigs this weekend, but after thinking about it, we definitely aren't interested now and we may never be. We can't even get reservations at the campgrounds near our home in Central Florida, where we've camped for several years with no problems. Hmm. He says, what's the point of buying if you can't use the camp, the, the RV? This is especially true for people with pets and trailers who can't rely on generators as easily or need AC that's fairly reliable. It's really a shame that there just aren't areas where you can camp right now. Ooh. Now, we have heard a lot about that from, from people. We experienced a little bit in Florida as we have traveled, we have noticed how filled every place we see is. And, and the place we stayed last night, just up the road here in Tampa, you were actually talking to those folks and what, what did they tell you at the, at the campground? We got the last available spot that they had for the night and they said they're full every night and it's not just them it's everybody around them the campgrounds are at capacity and that's of course because so many people are interested in RVing well you can't take cruises you can't do other things yeah yeah um, and it's not just uh, crowded campgrounds here that uh, there's other sources of frustration that people seem to have um, one of them is uh, a lack of, of inventory and uh, we got a note from somebody who called themselves Iggy Conrad. And he, uh, he wrote a lot of stuff here, but do you wanna, you wanna read that Okay, for us? in November of 2020, we sold our 42-foot Class A to attend an elderly parent who uh, needed care rather than letting it uh, sit for who knows how long. We thought that we would have, wouldn't have a problem replacing it when the time came to begin our RVing again. Wrong. Our plan was to downsize to a, a class B or smaller C. We have uh, narrowed our search to four RVs. However, none will be available until late 2022 or 2023. Wow. One nationwide RV dealer headquartered in Michigan uh, would take our order, but required a hundred, 10,000? 10,000 non-refundable deposit. $10,000. No needless to say. To order. Well, they've got to order it and they commit for it, but still... Like they can't sell it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes on and he writes, Needless to say, it looks as if we'll not be RVing in 2022. And sadly, we may just pack it up and stop RVing. Uh, and uh, he says, We have owned an RV lot in Titusville, Florida, which we recently put a used flyer on and uh, built an executive suite. So that might be the only place we can RV in the future. Uh, and he says, By the way, our property our lot has gone up in value at least 400 percent well wow. that's good that's one of the reasons we bought news. property because we figure having our own property we can be sure to have a spot but that's a whole another topic for for other podcasts his talk about inventory um, there is a lot of inventory at the show that uh, is mostly towables there are certainly motorhomes but in general if you're going to order a motorhome you can expect to wait we'll have a lot more about that next week the point with all that reader mail, and we get so much more, those are just samples, is people are frustrated. They are, you know, and I mean, you could hear the disappointment in that last yeah. person. But there, where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, we would never consider giving this up because this is, this is our lifestyle it. now. We love it. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things people love and some of the things people hate, and we're going to kind of give you some of the ways we experience that just in our travels over the past week or so. 
Uh, bottom line is it's all good. It's all good. First, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back from uh, our location at the uh, Florida State Fairgrounds, home of the annual Florida RV Super Show. Stay with us. Have you ever thought of owning your own land for camping or a homestead? Tennessee Land and Lakes is selling off a 1,500-acre estate known as the Woodlands at Buffalo River in large acreage properties from 5 to 126-acre homesteads. Unlike most properties, these are virtually unrestricted, allowing year-round living in an incredible natural setting. These are multi-use properties. You can camp on them, build a dream house if you want, a cabin, a barn, a garage. It's your land and there's no HOA, no rules. It's your property, your way. There's high-speed fiber optic internet available, wooded trails and big views surrounded by the most popular destination spots in Tennessee like Nashville, Kentucky Lake and the Buffalo River. The pricing starts at $69.9. There's even great financing. Jennifer and I like it so much that we bought there. Take a video tour and get the details at myrvland.com. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just on a shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And now we're going to talk about the things we love and hate <laughs> about the RV lifestyle. Now, this whole topic really uh, came about because of uh, some posts that we had on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group and our RV Lifestyle Facebook page. And it was one of those um, fill-in-the-blank messages. And, and it said something like, uh, as much as I love the RV lifestyle, I can't stand blank, blank, blank. And uh, that's what everybody was to fill in. And we literally had a, a, a huge response. I mean, hundreds and hundreds, right? Yeah, and I like the first one right off the bat. Rick said, ticks. Everybody has problems with ticks. Yes, they do. You know, didn't that used to be kind of something just mostly on the East Coast? It used to be just on the East Coast. And now it's it's across the country. Uh, well, some of the other ones that we're just going to, we're just giving you the highlights and almost all of these that we mentioned had multiple votes. Uh, uh, Rosamond said mosquitoes, ticks, and snakes. Douglas, people who trash out federal, national, and state forests will all agree with that, Douglas. Uh, Gwen, people that think you desire their company or conversation when you're just trying to get away and relax and enjoy the quiet. Lisa, doggy poopy bags full and tossed into onto the trail by the tall grass or behind a log on the beach where you set up and are trying to enjoy sitting there and enjoying the beauty. Uh, there's a bag of dog poop. Ah, I've been there. Uh, Beck, Campsites too close together combined with inconsiderate, noisy, 
and messy neighbors. Walter, being at work impatiently waiting for the weekend. Yeah, everybody's waiting for the weekend. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Uh, Willa, the rising cost of fuel to get to the campgrounds. Tammy, uncomfortable RV mattresses. Dave and Dakota, waiting for parts to mm. service my RV. Kathy, crowded campgrounds that require reservations months in advance. Dallas, checking off the days on the calendar until we can get out there again. And don't you notice that even though when people are talking about the things that they hate, it's still laced with the things that they love? Yeah, there's this kind of underlying love for it and, and it just shines through. Um, I think to set that all up, uh, one because the conversation quickly turned into the things that I love most about it, uh, we got a great video that really describes it all from uh, Tracy. And Tracy, by the way, is one of our volunteer moderators on our Facebook post. She does a great job. And uh, I think she sets this conversation up great with this video she sent us. Hi, my name's Tracy. And what do I love most about camping? Well, when we go camping, my husband does practically all of the cooking. And what's not to love about that? All kidding aside, we just love to get out and be away from home. I don't even care if it's like 10 miles away because we do camp close sometimes for quick trips. But you know, when you get there, you just own it like you're 500 miles away and you relax and you just chill and the things that you need to do at home, you, you just don't do, you just relax. And what do I dislike the most? Ticks, I hate ticks. Tracy, that was great. I just wish Mike would learn about the cooking part. <laughs> yeah, well, you do so much, such a great job cooking. I, I just couldn't possibly do that good. I even took over the grilling because you were burning stuff. All you like right. it burnt. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell all of our secrets now. Um, but we had a, a, an amazing response to that question, the love and hate parts of RVing and uh, the lifestyle. Uh, we did kind of uh, a quick little diary of the things that we love and the things we don't like so much uh, as we set out for the trip that took us down here to Tampa. So uh, let's roll that video and you'll see some of our favorites and not so favorites. The thing I hate the most is packing and loading up for a trip. You think after 10 years it'd get easier. I just think of more things that we've forgotten in the past and bring more. You've got to bring clothes and food and there's just no way that it doesn't take a long time. Like I brought enough meals for seven days. I could bring 14. I'm, I'm trying to be ready this time. Something I like is the excitement about hitting the road. Even though it takes a long time to pack and a long time to get organized and a long time to get out the door, once you get out the door, it's just awesome. The only problem we have is Bo, who insists on sitting in Jennifer's seat, but we'll work something out with that. We'll work on that. We are off and running, and that is something that every trip is just something so exciting. You know the feeling? That's one of the things I like about RVing and camping. Come on. Good boy. Come on. Oh, such a he big did it. boy. He got done. Such down. a big boy. Oops, I gotta shut this. I gotta make sure this is shut. Everything's shut. Bathroom door, back door. He's getting my pillow the way he'd like it. In the back? 
Yeah, he's... That's good. And look, you're even bringing food. I am. That's something else I like. What we're trying to do is give him his bed here as like a, as like a prop that he can sit on. But so far, not Except so it's strange and dogs don't like strange things. You can't things. teach an old dog new tricks. Alright. Get my seatbelt on. Got our sandwiches. Some grapes. Here we oh, go. You had your lunch. You forgot? Bye bye. Woo! We oh, are hitting the road. Mr. Bo. I love it when you're driving and you enter a new state. There's something exciting about that. New possibilities, new things to see. I hate traffic jams. I love pulling into a rest area and preparing our supper when you have to waste time looking for a restaurant and then once you find it you've got to wait to be served and you never know if it's going to be good or not and it usually is quite pricey everything's going up in price these days and my food I know it's always good. Tell me buddy what you're having tonight. We're having scallop potatoes and ham and a salad and if you like a piece of bread or cottage cheese, I've got that too. And you prepared all this ahead of time. I, uh, yeah, last night I was busy. Straight back. Looking good, straight back, little towards me. All right, stop. I hate <laughs> setting up after dark. And no matter how much we try, it seems I never can get into our campsites until after dark. It is a pain. That part of camping I hate. We love, loves truck stops. <laughs> yes, they're wonderful, not only for trucks, but for RVers. And they often have these fenced-in areas for dogs that you can let your dog stretch out a little bit. And uh, Bo loves it. And uh, you can fill up with propane here, with fresh water, and many of them, if local ordinances permit, let you even spend the night in your RV here. Uh, and inside, if you're on the road and you need showers for five bucks, you can get a great shower. The bathrooms are always clean. Always clean. You get fresh towels even. Uh, but it's this dog park here that we really like. That's just such a great uh, spot. And uh, even Bo. Even Bo gets to stretch his legs a little bit. We hate traffic jams. We're in Atlanta and traffic's heavy. I love finding a dedicated private bath and shower at an RV park, like the Fair Harbor RV Park here in Perry, Georgia. Now this has a bonus because this shower has lots of pressure and lots of hot water. Love it. I hate it when it gets cold out and you have to flush your toilet with antifreeze and run antifreeze through all your pipes and everything to keep everything from freezing. But alas, spring comes. I love it when spring comes and you can finally de-winterize and hook up running fresh water again and run your water heater and use your shower and flush your toilet. I love spring. Or when you drive someplace warm enough like we just did in January, down south, and we dewinterized. I love that. One of the things I hate are overly crowded RV parks. And this one that we found in Florida is typical of many down here. Absolutely jam-packed. There's little space between uh, each of the RVs. And uh, 
and they're all crowded. And people, a lot of people love that because there's neighbors close by and organized activities. They love it. But for us, it's not our favorite thing. This is our spot. You think it's just a little bit too crowded? A little too crowded and there's somebody else's stuff is on our yard, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. We're, just here for the night. We're only here for the night, but this is what we hate about uh, many RV parks. Too crowded, too crowded. While we're traveling, we love the Waze app. That's W-A-Z-E. Not only does it do all of our navigation, but it alerts us in real time to traffic reports, to information about road hazards, and it even tells us where the police are located. That's W-A-Z-E. It's the best app we have found for traveling. So I think my absolute favorite was de-winterizing. <laughs> we de-winterized back in Georgia and uh, it's like freedom, you know? Suddenly we can flush our toilets again and we have running water. And so then I know your not so favorite is in a couple of, uh, like a month, we're gonna go back north again. They're gonna winterize. Yes, we do have to winterize when we go back north. Hey, that's our love and hate relationship with the RV lifestyle. How about you? Why don't you send us your comments? You can also send it to us as a video file like Tracy did. Uh, just to send it to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We love getting it. Send us your comments and questions that way and we'll get them on the podcast. When we come back after a very short break, we're going to um, talk about your RV questions of the week. We'll answer those, so stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free, and battleborne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back, and now it's time for the questions of the week, and we have two questions this week. And the first one is really addressed mostly to you. It's from Marcy, and she says, does Jennifer help Mike with the driving? If so, how so? Can you give some tips? My husband does all the driving of our Class C, and I'd like to help out, but it frankly frightens me. Any tips on how I can step up and do this and help him out? Marcy. Try to plan ahead and see if there's a uh, stretch of road that's not real busy that you would feel comfortable driving on. And uh, when you take a trip in an area where you're not on the expressway, where you don't feel pressured, try driving there. When you start and stop, if you go to a rest area, from one rest area to the next rest area, that's pretty comfortable to switch drivers and uh, you don't have to worry a bunch about backing up and all of that. I think that's probably the easiest way to get your feet wet for driving. Personally, I get really bored. I do like driving. And you're always 
you you know you don't want me driving if you think I'm going to be nervous like you know it's really windy like well like coming down yesterday was the was, highest winds that we've you experienced. could barely keep our right on the road oh my goodness these west winds uh, they it was, it was we've never experienced wind that like was yesterday coming down the Florida Panhandle they were westerly winds in fact they're still blowing you can hear them today in the microphone but uh, uh, so I tried I did all the driving then but normally we switch off every every couple hours yeah yeah we try to switch off a little bit because it's a lot and uh, you like to type and work and do that sort of thing we well I wouldn't say I like it well you've got I, I try and up. maximize the time <laughs> right you do need to keep up so you're not up all night but a big benefit that and and this is what you're really good in telling me about is that when we switch drivers it gives us a chance to get up and walk around and move around oh. so it, you know I, I know for me and for you you hate to pull over because when you pull over all those trucks and all those people that you passed you got to go past them again yeah but it's worth the benefits especially well it doesn't matter how old you are you need to move around get that blood flowing not let it pool but Marcy, to um, move around. Jennifer does help and I uh, hope uh, that's how she kind of got used to it just taking it easy and now she's next thing I know she's gonna get her professional truck driver <laughs> license so she's I good. I think so. All right another question. Another question. Yellowstone and dogs. What has been your experience? What can we see with them? I totally understand safety but if we can't see a lot it doesn't pay to stop. Well if if you have to have your dog with you all the time then don't stop because Yellowstone as well as almost all of our national parks uh, require your dog to stay off the trails so you can't go hiking with them and they have to be on a leash all the time even in, if you're in a campground in the park that's fine you can take them for a walk around the campground mm -hmm. but because of wildlife dogs are not allowed uh, in most of the places people are uh, Grand Canyon National Park, they have an area where you can walk your dog, and that's great, but almost the rest of the time, if you take your dog to Yellowstone or a national park, uh, the dog's going to have to be leashed, uh, or somebody's going to have to stay with them, and we have found that pretty much true at all of the national parks. It's just not dog friendly, and um, I get, I, people get really mad about that, and uh, you know, look, we love to go with Bo and take him wherever we go, but uh, they don't belong in a national park dogs don't so and even those little tiny dogs that you know you can put in your purse no <laughs> you can't bring those even at zion we had to take turns doing walks yeah and that was it's a bummer i mean you know it's it's a cost taking a dog but zion national park we could not see the sights together so she'd go off and look at one thing and come back and then watch the dog and then i'd go off on another one um, so plan accordingly. <laughs> you and can't take your dog. If you're going on, on a hikes. long trip and you don't have an option, like right now we're gone for a long time, I would have preferred leaving both someplace so that we could work without having to worry about his needs. Because I always worry about it. What if the power goes out? What if? What if? What if? Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool. It's in the 50s, 60s here today. It's supposed to warm up in the 70s. We've got air conditioner. And we are on the showgrounds, but even not even at, talking about a national park, we're talking about here at the RV show. He is with us. Now, dogs are allowed at this show, uh, and we see them. Remember, this is one of the first stories we did on dogs and strollers. <laughs> yeah, but they're Remember in that strollers. Years ago? <laughs> We'd meet a stroller for Bo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. jumbo uh, stroller for um, Bo. Mammoth Cave, they have. Bo, uh, by the way. <laughs> Mammoth Cave has an area where you can board your dog, at least they used to. I presume they still do. I think they did. They had some kennels outside. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are some 
things. Gotta check but, it out and check, try to see if you can make arrangements with a local vet or someplace to board your dog for the day. But Sue specifically asked about Yellowstone. Yeah. And, uh, it is not dog friendly, Sue. So yeah, but if there you go, drive around. You yeah, can, you can you can drive around with the dog in the vehicle. And take turns with you. getting in and out because Yellowstone is so cool. You really do yep. want to go there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, the questions. If you uh, have a question, send it to us, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com, uh, or send us a, a selfie. Just uh, shoot it with your selfie and send us that as an attached video file. That's the podcast for now. We will be back next week with uh, a podcast that we'll also do on location here from the Florida State Fairgrounds at the Florida RV Super Show. And that show opens today as this is being released on January 19th, 2021. So we are going to go into the show and uh, show you everything we find that uh, we'll have ready for you in the podcast next week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails.